Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm talking a little bit of Jets Dolphins now. And joining us right now on the Orion Fuel and Downstairs Convenience Store's guest line, they are truly steps beyond convenient. Worked down here for a little while, but has been uh, the voice for the Jets for quite a bit longer than that. Bob was shoesing. Uh, how long ago was it that you were down here, Bob? 93, 94, 95. Okay. So, it's been a while. Okay, so you were down here, um, wow, that's that's pre-Jimmy days. Pre, that's, oh, uh, Dennis Erickson was the coach of the Canes. Uh, Bobby Bowden was, like, right in the middle of his heyday with the Knowles. I mean, it's Don Shula was still coaching the Dolphins. Yeah, oh, yeah, this is, uh, yeah this, this is going back. Yeah, that's what I meant. Shoes was still uh, still in charge, uh, making sure that you – yeah, I got a – well, there's a great Shula story I'll tell another time about him wanting <laughs> w- wanting uh, wanting a f- photographer to make sure they got the good side of his face uh, at the time. <laughs> you wouldn't think of Don as a uh, – as as an egotistical person in that way, but had an interesting experience with him there once. Uh, Bob, want to talk I about the, the good? I thought the good side of his face was on like every logo on every building in Miami Lakes. Uh, Isn't that still the case? That's that. <laughs> whichever side it is, it is the good side. There's no question yes. about that. Um, Bob, the uh, another thing that's been interesting this year has been the Jets. I, I thought they'd be better than they are right now. What, what has been the biggest issue? I know you know winning a couple here to get to three and five, but what's been the biggest problem this season? Well, the biggest issue, certainly, when they were losing games early in the season, uh, I guess twofold. Number one, really, really brutal schedule. I mean, you know, they played six games straight out of the box to start the season, five against playoff teams from last season, and four of those five playoff, you know, opponents were on the road. Um, So they played four of their first six games on the road, um, you know, the only game that they won was the Bills. That was the only team that didn't make the playoffs last year. So, you know, very, very difficult schedule. But the quarterback turned it over a ton. So I would say that the most, you know, the, the, the element of the game that affected things the most was the fact that they were dead last in the giveaway-takeaway ratio. Um, so that was probably the biggest factor. The biggest surprise so far this season, I would say, is that they're – all season long, if not number one, they've been in the top three stopping the run, and they're dead last against the pass. And sometimes that is, you know, a, a statistical anomaly where a team is, you know, really, really good against the run, so other teams have to throw a lot, or teams are really, really good against the run, so they're ahead a lot, so they're playing prevent. Well, that obviously has not been the case with the Jets because they've been behind a lot because they're a below 500 team. So they're. I mean, they've earned their ranking in terms of pass defense. They're, they've struggled. Um, and, and I would say when, you know, you've got some of the names that they've got in their secondary and some of the money spent on those players in the secondary, I think they themselves are disappointed in how they've covered. And, uh, you know, if they, they want to fight their way back into this thing, they have to be much, much better at the back end of their defense. Uh, speaking of that, Bob Darrell Revis, you know we're we're hearing reports from the from the national people that he's lost a step. Uh, what do you, what do you think? What have you seen from him this season? Well, he has lost a step, but he's thirty one years old, 
and think about the standard that he set for playing that position. I mean, all of the other guys over the past 10 years that we would describe as being in that conversation, you know, Richard Sherman, Josh Norman, Patrick Peterson, you know, down the list of maybe the best corner in the NFL, none of those guys did for a five- or six-year stretch what Revis did playing for Rex Ryan, which was zero help over the top, face mask to face mask, man-to-man coverage against the best wide receiver you've got. And it doesn't matter who that guy is, whether it was Andre Johnson or Calvin Johnson or, I mean, you know, you, know, you, you go down the list of the, you know, Des Bryant, the top receivers in the game over the past five to eight years. He went face mask to face mask, man-to-man coverage with that guy with no safety to help over the top every single game for the entire game and, like, never got beat. So at some point, does it take a toll on your body playing that way as physically as he played, playing that type of every single snap at the top of your game? Yes. I mean, he's 31 years old. He can't do that anymore. He admitted he can't do that anymore. So now he has to play more like what a normal corner in the NFL plays. They play some zone. He plays press bail. He starts sometimes with a cushion. He's got safety helping him over the top. Doesn't mean he's a bad player. Just doesn't mean he is what he was before, which was, you know, far and away the best corner in the NFL and the only guy that was doing what he did. Uh, Bob, what kind of injuries are the Jets dealing with this week? Mainly uh, like Wilkerson. How's he doing? He hasn't practiced, and he's got an ankle, and I think it all kind of goes back to the, the leg that he broke last season at the end of the year. I mean, there's pain involved in, in the recovery process of that injury and trying to play on it. So I really think it's just it's a pain tolerance issue and whether he feels like he's got a push. So I don't know if he'll play on, on Sunday, and, and obviously Nick Mangold is probably the other biggest injury issue. He also has an ankle, um, got rolled up on a couple of weeks ago, and has actually, for the first time, and I can't even remember how long, missed games. Uh, but Wesley Johnson did well last week. They're back up center. And the Jets have had opportunities. You know, if, if there is one position group where you would think they could absorb an injury like they have with Mo Wilkerson, it's on their defensive line. They're, they've got a really good defensive line. So, um, yeah, I mean, those are players you want. Um, you, you know, you absolutely, you know, at some point need to get, you know, a Pro Bowl defensive lineman and a Pro Bowl center back. But the guys that have been tasked with filling in for, for both of those injured players have done well. That's one of my favorite things about football is when when uh, when you say he has an ankle. It's like right. it's like yes, actually he has two. I know what you meant, Bob. He has an ankle injury, but that is unique to football. I don't feel like we do that in the other sports where we we just name a part of the body and say he has that, and that means that there's a, that there's an injury there. We're talking to Bob with shoes in here, voice of the Jets on seven ninety, the ticket. Um, the the. Matt Forte experience so far, you know, he he got a lot of carries early, not as many in the middle four games. He's gotten a bunch in the last two games. Uh, how how has he looked overall? Because the yardage, yards per carry is not great, but he's been productive. Yeah, he's been good. And I think what you saw kind of a, a shift a little bit in their philosophy. Um, teams early in the season were basically lining up, daring the Jets to run, and they would shy away from that and kind of put it all on their passing game. And be a throw-first team and throw the ball 40, 45 times, and that wasn't working. And what they've basically told their offensive line, their tight ends, uh, even their wide receivers at this point is, boys, it doesn't. they can put nine in the box. We are running the ball. We're going to be committed to it. It's going to be a part of what we do. 
we're going to be a 50-50 play-calling team, and that's the way we're going to play. And Matt Forte has, you know, embraced that. Um, so is Bilal Powell. Uh, now they signed C.J. Spiller, who I don't know if he'll be able to play at all on Sunday. I don't know how much he's going to be able to absorb this week and how he'll look in practice by the time we get to Sunday or how he has looked. Um, but, I mean, the system, at least the Chan Gailey runs, is one that he's familiar with from his days in Buffalo with Chan. So it shouldn't be a great leap to jump in and know, at least, you know, from a, <clears throat> an X's and O's standpoint, what he's doing. Um, but they're going to try to run the ball. I mean, there's, it doesn't matter how the Dolphins deploy their troops. It doesn't matter whether they put nosy safeties down in the box and dare the Jets to throw over the top. They are going to try to run the ball because they know that their offense is best when, you know, kind of one, they don't play one-handed. Um, you know, it's not Tom Brady where you can spread it out and go four and five wide, pick out your mismatch, and just put it all on your Hall of Fame quarterback um, and, you know, and just totally just abandon the running game. Um, they don't have the, you know, the, I think the weapons to do that. So, you know, come hell or high water, they're going to run the football. Uh, Bob, the 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 uh, Jets passing game. Uh, let's talk about Brandon Marshall and and you saw what he said about uh, Byron Maxwell. We know Brandon here, obviously, uh, very very good player. Was he saying that for the referees, or was he just kind of mouthing off about Byron Maxwell? Um. You know, he, he, as you know from his days in Miami, too, he's a pretty cerebral guy, so I guess crazy like a fox. Like I would think that he is saying what he's saying to hopefully get under Maxwell's skin, maybe a little bit, um, and also, yes, to absolutely alert the officials to the fact that he held me on every play, he holds on every play, keep an eye out for it. Um, but he really hasn't had many moments like this in the couple of years now that he's been in New York. You know, I mean, I know that earlier in his career, and he admits that, you know, he's a changed guy and had some maturing to do. Um, you know, the, this is the first time that he has really kind of stepped outside of that box a bit and said some really, you know, eyebrow-raising things going into a matchup with a specific player. I don't remember this ever happening last year, nor do I remember it happening at any point so far this season. So I was actually a little surprised that he said what he said until you, as you said, you know, kind of dig a little deeper and well, what's the message, what's the, the, the mission behind saying that, what kind of a, a, a result are you hoping this will provoke? And obviously he's hoping that the officials will have their antennas up and keep an eye on, you know, that matchup. Now, you know, as we all know, officials have egos too. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to want it to seem like if they, you know, see holding two or three times early in the game or at least a borderline call, are they automatically going to throw the flag? Is it reverse psychology? Well, if I throw my flag, then it's going to be, you know, Brandon Marshall's going to think he's the guy that got me to throw my flag. Right. So, you know, I don't know how guys are going to react to those comments, but I'm sure it's not without a mission behind those comments why he said what he said. Bob shoes and thanks, man. Thanks for taking the time with us. Uh, really appreciate it. And, God, that 1995, man, that must feel like forever ago to you that you were down here. It, it, well, it's, I would say right about now, when I come out of my house in the morning and there's frost on the windshield, <laughs> yeah, it seems like a long, <laughs> a long time, time ago. ago. I got it. A long time ago. I got it. Well, always appreciate your insights. Thanks, man. Uh, enjoy the game. All right, guys.